The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what others only say they do. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No one in the world does what we do, crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day and all night. In two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff, and may I add, uh, guests. It's a critical critical time and we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda from the msm mainstream media and their powerful sponsors we're now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to tntradio.live and make a small donation to tnt while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission so uh please do that or check out uh, as well tnt radio merch well, we got James Roguski joining us in a bit to give us an update on uh, the World Homicide or World Holocaust Organization's machinations. Uh, so, uh, and again, feel free to call in if you want to chat with James. Some Mexico news, since I'm coming to you live from Mexico. Mexico considers adding GMO corn ban to the Constitution. The proposal to declare Mexico a transgenic crops-free country in the constitution seems to be going unnoticed by the general public but not by the feed industry some very good <laughs> news there uh, and so on february 5th constitution day in mexico amlo the mexican president my mexican president because i'm a proud mexican national decided to present 20 constitutional reform proposals um and i guess one of them includes um this uh the ongoing battle on transgenic corn and human consumption and the fuzzy ties with animal feeding that this government has uh undertaken so we'll see what happens with that of course um uh, nafta usmca is not going to be happy with that but like i said you know amlo he is a globalist he has proposed last year it's in the official transcripts uh, he said let's copy the eu model and make a north american union integrate canada usa mexico but he has um he has been protecting more so than past regimes here in mexico he has been protecting mexican saw so our mexican sovereignty in many ways when it comes to energy security um food security in this case you know no to gmo and he's been pro oil um and not so keen on the renewables in fact, like two years ago, Canada and the EU sent angry letters to AMLO saying, you're not installing the wind farms and the solar like we want you to. Uh, and so, again, nothing is always so black and white. It's it's sort of, you know, there's there's nuance. Uh, and also some Mexico news being reported that number, the number of Chinese migrants crossing the border at San Diego now exceeds Mexicans. And is second only to Colombians, with 21,000 entering there in the past five months. That is absolutely pretty insane. Um, some Israel news. For the first time since the Hamas-led October 7th atrocities, Finance Minister Bezalel Smotrich 
announces that the committee in charge of approving settlement construction in the West Bank will soon convene. Um, so I guess thousands of new settlement homes are going to be approved um, for the West Bank. Obviously, that's just that's not going to, I guess, help the peace efforts. Uh, and also, you know, Nassim Taleb even commented uh, on this development. Let me see if I could just pull up real quick uh, his comment. He was um, basically with China was China made a comment on what's happening in Israel. So Nassim Taleb said, if he didn't notice that the world is changing and changing rapidly, many, many more surprises are on the way for you. And he's talking about how at the International Court of Justice, China pointed out that armed resistance against occupation is enshrined in international law and is not terrorism. So I guess China is referring to uh, the Palestinians. So again, a lot of uh, tectonic shifts are, are happening uh, in the world. Um, we've also got this report just uh, from today talking about when when Israel mentioned they discussed that there was this land bridge from the UAE as an alternative from the Yemeni blockade in the Red Sea and now Al Mayadi News is reporting that that's not true there is no land bridge so I don't know what's going on there but that's um interesting and Netanyahu has finally presented his Gaza post-war plan to the cabinet uh, and uh, that's just uh, breaking. I guess we can look at that later. Uh, next week, Philippines is arming up for D-Day with China. Manila cranks up military spending as China fires warning against giving U.S. access to Philippine bases near Taiwan's southern shores. And so the Asian NATO keeps on NATOing uh, and Armenia suspends security pact with Russia. So it just seems like the Soros crowd has gotten to Prime Minister Pashinyan and Armenia is just more and more pulling out of the Russian orbit. Uh, and so again, that's going to create some complications. Interesting article by Financial Times today. The old empires of cocoa, coffee and tea are fragile. Climate change and attacks on ships in the Red Sea are disrupting supplies of drinks from the global south. Just let me have my coffee. You know, if if there's one thing, at least let me have coffee as I watch the world burn and and as 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 we watch the end of the world, um, and and not this kind of coffee. It was reported yesterday. Starbucks launched a pork flavored coffee in China. It costs ten dollars and is dividing people. They actually put a slice of pork, hot pork, on top of the coffee. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. Um. And in the UK, millions of pensioners face bank account inspections. As if things weren't bad enough, they're going to be going after the plebes and the serfs even more. <laughs> Just uh, these people have no shame. Absolutely no shame from these people. And a fantastic article by Brandon Smith of Alt Market. He's going, he's digging into what I've been talking about. I'm not crazy. This proves I'm not crazy. He's talking about uh, Helena Blavatsky, Theosophy, Alice Bailey, Lutz's Trusts. Uh, and this philosophy of the elites. And I've been talking about how now alt media, new me alt media is also beginning to promote this sort of stuff. So check check out his article. Did you know there are many ways you can watch or listen to TNT? 
you can stream direct from our website on your desktop tablet or mobile or download the our our app from the app stores we're also streaming live on x youtube rumble and odyssey we've got you covered on today's news talk tnt bringing you a world view i like to hear what's going on around the world today's news talk radio tnt a recent report has found that the region around the San Diego border area with Mexico is facing a public health crisis due to contaminated sewage fl flowing from Mexico into California. Here with the story joining me once again, TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Aurora. Uh Yeah, this new report, uh, courtesy of the San Diego State University, SDSU, uh, details a uh, new Different kind of migration problem happening at the U.S.-Mexico border. The untreated sewage and other <laughs> other unhygienic pollution. Um, yeah, pretty gross. It's flowing straight from Mexico into the United States, I believe, via the Tijuana River. Um, and this is a problem. Uh, we're talking about billions of gallons worth of this contaminated sludge, uh, and they're calling it a public health crisis. Uh, Imperial Beach Mayor Paloma Aguera told uh, ABC News, quote, South San Diego County is in a total state of emergency related to transboundary pollution. And this is a public health ticking time bomb. We are living in conditions that nobody in this great nation should be living in, end quote. The Tijuana River, which has been classified as an impaired water body, according to the U.S. Clean Water Act, flows north for 120 miles from Mexico to California before reaching the Pacific Ocean on the U.S. side of the border in the Imperial Beach and San Isidro and Coronado coastal areas and beyond. Over the last five years, apparently 100 billion gallons of untreated sewage, industrial waste and urban runoff have been dumped into the Tijuana River. That's according to the International Boundary and Water Commission. In fact, Imperial Beach has been closed for over 800 somewhat days due to the ongoing sewage issue. That's according to Aguera. Uh, but the health risks are affecting residents far from the shore. Uh, the report was that we mentioned here is from the SDSU's School of Public Health. It deems the cross-border contamination a quote-unquote public health crisis and warns that quote, current regulation and monitoring measures are inadequate, end quote. Uh, this report was quietly released uh, just last week, I believe, February 13th. Untreated sewage pollutants originating in Mexico and not properly treated at the International Wastewater Treatment Plant include, I hope nobody's eating, human and livestock diseases, pathogens carrying antibiotic-resistant genes, and industrial chemicals not permitted not allowed by the government to be discharged in California. All this according to the report. Studying soil samples from South San Diego, researchers found levels of the poisonous elements arsenic and cadmium that exceed Environmental Protection Agency EPA thresholds for safety. Uh, water samples taken from the Tijuana River and estuary located on the U.S.-Mexico border showed a range of dangerous viruses and bacteria included, but not limited to, HIV, hepatitis B and C, salmonella, vibrio, streptococcus, listeria, and mycobacterium tuberculosis, according to the report. The report also cites levels of antibiotic-resistant strains of E. coli and Legionella bacteria found in the contaminated water, quote, which are of considerable public health 
concern, end quote. According to the study, exposure to the contaminants, viruses and bacteria and other stuff can impact the health of people who live and work nearby, which include children, seniors, lifeguards, military personnel, border patrol officers and at risk populations. Uh, Paula Stiegler Granados, associate professor of SDSU School of Public Health and the paper's lead author, told ABC News in a statement, quote, urgent interventions are needed to help reduce and address both the immediate and long term potential health repercussions to those living near this hazardous environment. The longer we take to stop the contamination, the greater the risk of exposures. Investment in our infrastructure to stop the pollution is critical, end quote. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think the answer, Hervori, that they're asking for is let's just throw a ton of money at it and see if that fixed the problem. But what do you think? What a way to end the week talking about poop. That, that reminds me of Anarchapulco, uh, Acapulco last week. Um, daily, I had to walk through through poop, poopy water, uh, because that the, the little street, you know, you got the little boulevard and then you go down, you turn and go down the little street where the, the secret garden where Anarchapulco was held. Uh, and you could smell it. It was just poopy water. It was from some sewage line and you had to like jump over it onto the dry piece of land. And so that just made me think of that. And, um, and I've, I've heard stories from uh, a neighbor, uh, maybe it's in the neighboring uh, community where in the in one of his houses like mine they didn't connect the sewage line properly and so it burst and his walls were filled with the with the sewage and then he had to remodel it i mean that's just that kind of tells you about you know the, this current situation where sometimes in mexico things are just not done properly and you have like the situation we have now uh on the border and you know, it's part of this third as as the whole as our societies go idiocracy with algocracy, this you know third worldization uh, of the first world, um, and I think it also just speaks to how fragile our society and systems are today. You know, that's one thing I worry about. I wonder about you know tomorrow, all of us in our homes, we've got the public utilities, water, electricity, internet. You know, we were this week this talk of solar flares. I, th I feel like everything is so precarious. I've been, I've been talking about how I've, I've kept having internet problems and it's not my fault. It's the ISP's fault. Just imagine, you know, like if, if one day some little thing goes wrong, you don't, we don't have access to our water anymore. What are you going to do? Where are we going to go or, or sewage, you know, um, your thoughts uh, on, on what's happening there. Yes, we've, we, well, they, uh, the proverbial they, have certainly set us up in a precarious situation, uh, considering a great deal of many things. Uh, yeah, I keep my eye on the supply chain all the time, and then now the talk of just shutting everything off. Man, I understand that that would not take very long before a lot of folks would be in a very bad place uh, or basically just dead. Um, yeah, not good stuff. Uh, there, there's an expression that people are fond of saying, which actually, if I'm not mistaken, I just don't know what exact Bible verse it's related to, but it, it comes from the Bible. But the expression is, don't crap where you eat. Um, in this case, I guess, don't crap where you're going to wind up working, playing, swimming, or surfing either, unfortunately. And in that issue of disease is um, real, you know, this this kind of contamination. And I, I sometimes think, you know, there's too many people congregated in urban areas. Some of us need to migrate to the rural uh, areas. I just need to convince my wife to 
<laughs> get out of the city. But uh, yeah, and, and if you know something like this continues, you'll be much safer where there's less population density and where you've got a clean source of water and food uh, and, and maybe a good outhouse dug very deep so you don't got to or you have these issues. I used to live where uh, in Mongolia we had an outhouse. I remember in minus 30, just walking out in my pajamas to use, to use the White House, the, the, the outhouse. Well, I guess the, the White House today is pretty much like an outhouse. All right. Enjoy the weekend. Um, Ruckus, enjoy that Texas barbecue. Have some uh, Texas barbecue for me. Catch up next week. We got James Roguski joining us. JamesRoguski.substack.com is his amazing substack. We'll be right back. TNT's Bruce de Torres. How did that impact you, that, that first year of studying and realizing you, I presume, were seeing something that was not only unprecedented, if not unbelievable, but unbelievably harmful? What did that cause you to do? I realized, really from the very beginning of the pandemic, that this was all um, pushed by propaganda. This, this, was, this wasn't science. This wasn't medicine. This was propaganda that was being pushed by the mainstream media. It was pushed by public health authorities that I knew to be corrupt from my you know, legal battles uh, before the pandemic. Uh, these were very corrupt individuals who were pushing these pandemic measures. Uh, and really, it seems like all proper medicine and science was just being thrown out the window to push a certain agenda and certain pharmaceutical products on the population. World Stage and Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk TNT. This is generally the view of people, oh, we don't know much about Assange. Well, you should know, because whether you know it or not, he is fighting for you. For your courage and leadership and tenacity in journalism and publishing. Since 2010, Assange has been held in progressively narrower, darker, colder, and crueler spaces. He has been detained since the 7th of December 2010 in one form or another. And we are now here after years of imprisonment. WikiLeaks is a non-state hostile intelligence service. I think the man is a high-tech terrorist. A high-tech terrorist. A traitor, a treasonous. He has to answer for what he has done. Assange faces up to 175 years in prison for publishing classified documents exposing U.S. war crimes. The U.S. government narrative about Julian is a complete fraud. It is a complete fraud from A to Z. Julian took on the most powerful countries in the world, basically all of them. We now have confirmed that there were plans to kidnap Julian here in the center of London, or even assassinate him. No one who instigated that illegal and immoral war has been brought to justice. But the great truth teller sits behind bars. If wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by truth. Julian Assange is a hero. What if everything we thought we knew about somebody was a lie? Would we be willing to go on a new journey of understanding? This is a story of deception, lies, bravery, and a man who risked everything to bring the truth to light.
Mr. Assange shows all the symptoms that are typical for a person that has been exposed to psychological torture over a prolonged period of time. He looked at me intensely and said, I hate to say this. He then hesitated, visibly troubled and searching for words. And then he finally said, please, save my life. May future generations have the ability to speak without restraint. May our children and their children know truth and have access to information that leads to justice. Wherever Julian goes, free speech goes with him. If there is a bird that is about to take flight, stretch her wings and rule the skies, may it be a pista and no longer a bald eagle. If you think Assange is a traitor, he's a rapist, he's a narcissist, he's a hacker. I don't blame you because you have been deceived. And if you think you've not been deceived, that's normal because otherwise it wouldn't be deception. The conversation continues. I don't believe it, and I think that's a terrible position that I am in, that I don't trust my government. This is today's News Talk Radio. TNT. We are closing out the week on this rebel transmission with our friend James Roguski uh, of jamesroguski.substack.com. The man who doesn't sleep, who's fighting the World Homicide Organization 24-7. Uh, how's it going, James? It's doing very well. You know, um, I, I get a little bit of sleep, but it's been interesting because they meet in Geneva and I'm uh, nine hours different. So their morning meetings start at midnight. And uh, I had four hours of entertainment from midnight till 4 a.m. this morning with what they're negotiating there. Um, happy to tell you and your audience about what's going on. That, that's hardcore. And I was thinking, I think yesterday, I'm, I, I, I'm, I kid you not, I had five double espressos, uh, I think, just so <laughs> much work to do. But, you know, what is going on with the WHO? Where, where are we at uh, in this battle with uh, Mordor? <laughs> Well, you know, the exciting part was um, about a week ago, uh, a group in Geneva called Health Policy Watch released uh, the latest version of what's commonly referred to as the Pandemic Treaty. That's really not the best name for it. We could get into that a little bit. But uh, these documents had been circulated privately amongst, you know, the delegates there. And um, this group released them. And on Monday, they did say publicly that, oh, yes, they're going to make all of these documents public. But I've had them up on my uh, articles on Substack for a week, and they're still not available on the WHO website because they really don't want you to read these documents. And I really do want everybody to read them. Um, one of the things that I've been noticing is a lot of times people will say to me in various forms, oh, Jim, did you hear what so-and-so said? And it just triggers in my head, you know, watching Perry Mason TV shows when I was a kid, because I'm old, right? That's hearsay evidence by definition. Oh, I heard somebody say. Well, you're going to listen to us say some things today, but go dig into the evidence. Get the source documents. Like, I don't consider myself a journalist, I'm an activist, but journalism 101 is, well, get the source. And what has happened around the world throughout media 
is somebody says something and then somebody says something about what they said and on and on and on. And by the time it goes around the world, it's completely mangled. And that has been a problem with what's going on here because they've had version after version after version of this you know, document that most people call the treaty. And this is the latest version. So anything you've heard anybody say about the older versions, well, you know, it's old news. And anything that anybody has said about the proposed amendments to the international health regulations, which is a totally separate track, if you've heard that, it's probably gotten mangled and mixed together. And people then say, well, the treaty says this and the treaty says that. And because it's all mixed up together, then you'll see um, Tedros Ghebreyesus, the director general of the WHO, come out and talk about misinformation. Well, there has been a lot of inaccurate attributing of one document to the other or old, old documents to what's current. But when he says misinformation, I take it as shorthand for missing information. The missing information is the latest version of what's going on in this document. And I've been saying since November of 2022, this is not what people have been saying it is. It's an attempt to negotiate a trade dispute. And now it's become very, very clear that it's really an attempt to put into an international agreement what certainly looks like organized crime. They want to set up a network that they would control the flow of billions of dollars to set up a logistics and distribution network for pharmaceutical products in developing nations that didn't have the money to buy enough jabs the first time around over the past four years. And anyone who you know looks at what people have been using and calling COVID-19 vaccines, you have to understand that they don't stop infection, they don't stop transmission, they cause vaccine um, you know, induced uh, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. Um, why are they arguing for more for any health reason? It can't be justified. But if you look at what's really going on, the smaller nations are essentially pushing back against corporate colonialism. They don't want the corporate Pfizer, Moderna, and so forth taking the genetic sequences of their um, pathogens with pandemic potential, turning them into drugs and jabs, making billions of dollars and not sharing in that ill-gotten gain. And so they want to create what they call a pathogen access and benefit sharing system. It literally says in the document that pathogens are a sovereign good. It, it, it's something that the nation owns and it has to be treated as such. And so, you know, they're arguing over how much are you going to pay for the right to the genetic instructions to make essentially a biological weapon. What we're dealing with here is setting up, in my view, don't, you know, don't regurgitate what I say, go read the document yourself. Um, 
they're, they're dealing with the proliferation of biological weapons, pathogens with pandemic potential. And a good part of that potential is terrorism, you know, fear-mongering, scaring the bejeebers out of people with, oh, you know, this is going to be the next disease X. Um, and the other part of the potential is how much money is that really worth? That is what they're haggling over, and they're having a hard time. Couldn't make me happier that they're having a hard time. That is ab absolute uh, insanity. Uh, we'll get more uh, uh, to that, but first we got to go to our headlines. <laughs> hear about it we're depending on our congressmen talk about it the people have to stand up and say enough now tnt radio news for tnt this is james o'neill the chinese embassy in london has responded to the uk's decision to include chinese companies in a new round of sanctions against russia indicating that the move will not go unanswered for the first time in over 50 years the united states has achieved a moon landing albeit through robotic means the Odysseus spacecraft, an uncrewed vehicle launched by a SpaceX rocket and operated by Houston-based Intuitive Machines, successfully landed on the moon's surface a week after its launch. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. We're talking to James Roguski. You know, follow his Substack, jamesroguski.substack.com. He's um, all over the place giving interviews and daily following what's happening with the WHO. Um, and just what you were saying earlier, I think we last spoke on my podcast in October, and then I spoke to Dr. Rima Laibo in mm -hmm. December, some two, three months back, and something happened that kind of irked me that you touched on alt media and independent media. And you know, I'm here in Mexico, I'm a Mexican citizen, and someone with a big account was retweeting this story saying that, oh, the Mexican government is going to kick out the WHO uh, or pull out of it and everyone's like clapping yay and i'm like wait i'm reading in spanish the document and it's like it says no 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 it's some mexican doctors and scientists who file a citizen's petition which is our right but you can file there a dime a dozen nothing happens they're petitioning the government to look into this which is a huge difference from the government actually you know telling the who to take a hike and this, I think, creates huge problems, doesn't it? This type of behavior? Well, that happened in Estonia and Slovakia and the Philippines and Mexico and I, I think Ireland and a handful of other places. Um, it, it comes down to what I mentioned earlier. Just because you hear somebody say something, you know, as soon as I hear that, oh, did you hear what somebody said? Okay. First rule is, do you have a document? You know, bless you for reading the document. I had a little bit of a harder time. I can't read Spanish, but I figured out the same thing. You go read the document. You can put it into a translator and, you know, come out with close enough to understand what's going on. And, and so this is pervasive where a little tiny bit of good news gets blown out of proportion. People take credit for stopping, you know, the evil overlords from taking over the world because it gives other people the opportunity to go back to sleep. 
and go, oh, somebody else got it covered. I don't got to worry about it. Well, um, you know, things are going poorly for the powers that be who are trying to negotiate these agreements, but not because of what we're doing. What's going on here is not a battle between good and evil. It's a battle between large bad and smaller bad, where the big pharma companies don't want to give up their intellectual property and their manufacturing know-how and investment capital. And in the smaller nations, what they call low and middle income countries, who looked at what happened, and it really kind of centers around what happened in South Africa and Botswana. If you recall, they found something that they said was very, very different and came to be known as the Omicron variant. Now, they did what they believed they were obligated to do, which is, you know, share that information openly with the rest of the world. And see, people don't understand the international health regulations. It's really about opening up lines of communication, getting this information to be shared without having travel restrictions. Keep the world working while you're incentivizing nations to be transparent. So they were transparent. They got hit with travel restrictions from Europe and other nations. And then they watched Pfizer and Moderna take that information and turn it into the boosters and make a couple of more billion dollars. And so what, what this is related to is a convention uh, on biological diversity from 1992. I know about this from years gone by because I used to work in the natural health, herb, and nutrition industry. And corporations were very good at going into native culture, learning the indigenous ways of using herbs, taking the chemicals found in the herbs, manipulating them just a little bit so they could patent them and then go make you know millions of dollars. Well, the Convention for Biological Diversity said, if you get access to that information, you have to share the benefits. And so if you put a P in front of access and benefit sharing, you get what they call PABS. Sounds really nice and sweet, but it's pathogen access in return for benefit sharing. And they're having a difficult time working it out because the pharmaceutical companies don't want to share the profits. They want access to the pathogens. They want the smaller nations to be obligated to hand over the data and the pathogen so they can, you know, put it in the lab, do what they do with it, come back with products that make billions, and they don't want to share the profits or the intellectual knowledge as to how to make the value-added products. Now, you got to look at this and stop and go, well, wait a minute. Um, those products don't really help. They don't stop infection. They don't stop transmission, so forth and so on. That doesn't matter. That's not the purpose of these negotiations. Back in December of 2021, the nations called for a special session of the World Health Assembly. And the declaration that came out of that, that came from the countries, is they said to the WHO that they wanted the WHO to oversee negotiations to settle what is essentially a trade dispute. And they want equitable access to pandemic-related products. 
Well, the solution that's, you know, close, you know, to being negotiated here is they want to put the WHO in charge of a global distribution and logistics network. Tedros gave a talk at the World Government Summit, and he said that in Dubai, just one of their distribution centers is 20,000 square meters. Now, can you imagine how much money it would take to dish out all the contracts to fill a 20,000 square meter distribution point with pandemic related products. Okay. We're talking organized crime on a level that is almost unimaginable. And what they want to do is put it into a framework convention. They want to push off the details about the money until the next year or the next year. If they sign a framework convention, the people who would then be part of what they call the governing body of the pandemic agreement would be a bunch of unelected, unaccountable, unknown bureaucrats who would meet yearly to work out the details. Well, they want to hide the details of the money until year one or year two. They want to get the smaller nations to agree to hand over all the pathogens for the promise of money at some point in the future. And the smaller nations have wised up a little bit after centuries of, you know, being colonized. This is like colonies, you know, giving up their natural resources like uh, timber from their forests, you know, hardwoods go to make furniture or gold or silver or drilling for um, oil or natural gas. The new valuable natural resource is the genetic sequences of pathogens I mean, just think about, you know, one data file that came from China and one data file that came from South Africa was turned into mRNA jabs worth, you know, close to a trillion dollars. That is one heck of a business model. If you can get government money to throw into a, a pool of they want $30 billion a year to do the One Health Surveillance program where they're looking for animals of any kind to see what kind of pathogens might be lurking in their manure, basically. I mean, when they went to the bat caves in, in China, you know, they're looking at the guano, right? Whether it's the, the chicken excrement in your chicken coop or whatever's in your septic system or your wastewater treatment or your stool sample when you take your companion animal to the veterinarian's office, Whatever way they can gain access to what could be a pathogen, if they find a new version of polio in your poo, that's worth money. And so, you know, that's the new growth industry. And I got clued in back in November of 2022 when the Indonesian health minister told the B20 at, at the B20 meeting, he's, he's not a doctor, he's a former banker. He told all the business leaders, look, the United States is setting up a multi-billion dollar pandemic fund through the World Bank. Go invest. This is a great business opportunity. And so when, when you read these documents, and I encourage everybody to please do that, go to stopthetreaty.org and, and read the documents with the lens of this is a business deal for organized crime 
to set up a laboratory network and a distribution network to gain a function and give it all, you know, this nice sounding um, overview of, well, we're trying to stop the next pandemic. Are you? Or, you know, would be would, would putting a Wuhan Institute of Virology in every nation on Earth stop the next pandemic? Or would it ensure that you're going to be able to profiteer off of all of the coming pandemics? The reason why they say it's not a question of if, it's a question of when, is they want it to be because it's, all, it's going to trigger all the funding and all the contracts. And it's going to trigger them trying to force inject us uh again i got more questions but it's time for our break james roguski.substack.com is the website uh, again people can leave comments or questions in the chat or call in we'll be right back with his expert analysis and opinion this is tnt radio's timothy shea americans this week celebrated president's day or did we the answer of course is that we did not we celebrated george washington's birthday and possibly if you want to include Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president, whose birthday, February 12th, was given up for Martin Luther King Day back in the 1980s. But we definitely did not celebrate Millard Fillmore and James Buchanan. We didn't celebrate Jimmy Carter or Bill Clinton. And we most definitely did not celebrate Barack Obama and Stumblebum Joe. Why does this matter? Am I just being picky and pedantic? No, it matters because words matter. George Orwell wrote, the slovenliness of our language makes it easier for us to have foolish thoughts. Put more colorfully, blurry words carry deplorable thinking the way that mosquitoes carry malaria. You should always question the dominant narrative, whether it's that standard time going into daylight savings time is an artifact from our agrarian past when in actuality farmers argued against it when the progressives put it in 110 years ago that the Republican Party and the Democrat Party flipped after the 1960s, when that's demonstrably false. And even that red is the Republican color and blue is the Democrat color, when again, the opposite is true. In fact, the opposite is always true, what the dominant narrative seems to be. So question the words or else you've lost the argument before it's even begun. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk TNT. Last week, Brandon met a girl on a dating app. One day after work, he finally found the courage to ask her out. No answer. He started to panic. Was he being too pushy? Maybe it was too... Hey, sorry I didn't respond. I was driving. I would love to go on a date. How does tonight sound? Brandon tried to play it cool, but inside he knew. A girl so smart, so responsible. She must be a keeper. Critically analyzing global affairs. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's our final segment here with James Roguski, jamesroguski.substack.com. Crucial information regarding what's going on with the biosecurity state, the WHO. And maybe again, if you could just boil things down, what is the, you know, what is the greatest threat that we're facing uh, what i gather from what you're saying is that it's a wealth transfer basically they're going to steal a whole bunch of all of our money uh, our our governments and then would the other threat be with all of these institutes that they create 
they would then attempt to force inject us uh, with with these bioweapons. Or well, if you look back over the past four to five years, your local officials, whether it's you know a school board, um, mayor, city council, county health department, state government, you know nation, whatever it might be, provinces, um, they did not need any amendments to the international health regulations. They did not need a pandemic treaty to do what they did over the past four years. They have all of the dictatorial um, attributes that allowed them to believe that what they did was right and proper. Now, many, many people pushed back and said no, but a lot of people caved to you know what was intense pressure it's not the case that the WHO is going to send their stormtroopers into your nation and tell you to, you know, what you just said. That's not needed because we've got enough people wherever you may live locally who have crafted legislation to give them the illusion or the capability to create the illusion with the help of the media and, and you know, just people who, again, don't get down to the source. They listen to what somebody said and they repeat it and they repeat it and then people come to believe it. So there's a difference between understanding what your unalienable rights are, whether you live in Mexico or anywhere else on the world, as a man or a woman, you have unalienable rights. It's your God-given you know, birthright to be in control of your health decisions, but they seem to play by the game that if they can trick you, then, you know, caveat emptor, buyer beware. Um, if you fall for their story, or more importantly, if you fall for the media's version of their story, um, bad on you. Get to the actual facts about this. Is all I've been doing for two years is watching their presentations, you know, their video of whatever their meetings are, digging up their documents, reading them, and trying to shine some light on what they say they are doing. If what you listen to is what somebody says about what they're doing, you're one level removed. It goes another level and another level. Somebody pops up a video about it. They're talking about older versions or they're mis, you know, representing what's in one set of document, which, which is in another set. Tedros Gabracious is really good at telling partial truths. So he'll say something like the accord doesn't, you know, that would not give the WHO any additional power, it wouldn't take away sovereignty, um, it wouldn't give him the authority to do this, that, and the other. Well, that's a partial truth in a number of different, very slick ways. Um, number one, it's not called the Accord. So what document is he actually talking about? He never mentions the amendments to the regulations. He never talks about the fact that the amendments that were purportedly adopted in 2022 were never actually voted on. So they're completely null and void, but everybody's walking around like, oh, they changed the rules, but they never actually voted. 
They're negotiating the amendments, but they missed the January 27th deadline. So they're illegitimately negotiating the amendments now, trying to just keep it secret until they drop them on the table in May when they're supposed to present them four months in advance. So to repeat, that deadline was January 27th. By the rule of law, they missed their deadline. They don't get to make any changes by amending the international health regulations. And when he says that the accord would not give him authority, he's right because it would set up a whole new bureaucracy called you know, the governing body of the pandemic agreement. And they would meet every year to distribute tens of billions of dollars not to control your life, but to mess with your head by looking for pathogens while they're saying they're trying to prevent the next pandemic. Okay, It's all a psyop, and it's a test of everyone's character and ability to not fall for their propaganda. What I encourage everyone to do is find the documents on jamesorgusky.substack.com read them. Call me up if you have any questions. I always give my number. It's 310-619-3055. Take any sentence, take any paragraph, take any article in the pandemic treaty, take a photograph of it, do a screenshot, put it on a video camera, and you know, show them that you know what their words are, and then say whatever it is you want to say about what they are planning to do. If they want to call that misinformation, they're right. That's the missing information that I've had published on my Substack for a week, and they still don't have on their website, even though that is what they are negotiating. There's an article that I caught three days ago, which sort of worries me regarding the direction where they might be headed you know what, what you outlined this this money that they, they're going to want to demand this infrastructure they're going to be setting up these new products and it was reported that vietnam and i think you know many countries are following this this suit i don't know if you caught this story vietnam to collect biometrics even dna for new digital id cards iris scan voice samples and blood type to be included in database it says the law allows recording a blood type among the DNA related info that will be contained in national database and it's total, you know, Gattaca, it's total biosecurity state. I, I'm hearing from people in different countries that they're now being forced to get their digital IDs to perform uh, essential functions as citizens. And, uh, and then, you know, th this is the, this is the digital ID, which is the vaccine passport, which is the CBDC. Any further thoughts on, um, on these trends and also maybe your comment uh, on, uh, we, we noticed just within this past week, I call him Tedros, the terrorist at the world government summit, as you mentioned, he was complaining about conspiracy theories. And then we saw Trudeau complaining about conspiracy theories. And so it does seem that we are having some effect in the information battle space so any thoughts on the vietnam thing and then um them complaining about conspiracy theories <laughs> well you know vietnam thing it's just it's just another example of how you know big data whether it's biometrics or genetics or whatever it might be um you know it, it's all about the markets you know they have found essentially 
raw materials, natural resources to explode, exploit. I mean, this is colonial, uh, rather corporate capitalism, corporate colonialism, I'm sorry, where corporations are just raping and pillaging, you know, other nations' data and their own people's data um, to turn it into a control grid and, you know, make products that take advantage of what is classically known as the Hegelian dialectic. If you can create the problem, blame it on something else, and then swoop in with the solution and get government to throw money at you, you know, you should get that written up in a, in a business school as a spectacular business plan because it does rape and pillage the countryside legally is how they're trying to do it. But when we, the people, recognize what's going on, I have every belief that we can stop it. Now, you may or may not remember, but a decade ago, uh, something similar happened where the United States and the um, Obama administration attempted to sign us in to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. That was a trade deal that was kept very secret. Hillary Clinton was had her hands in getting that started. And when the people found out about it, it was complicated. It was mind bending. It's like, what is really going on here? It was a shift of, you know, control over to large corporations, taking away people's rights. Well, if you sign away your rights, you know, bad on you. And so the people found out about it and made such a stink that it was dead in the water. There was no way any senator running for office could possibly voice support it. So when Trump came into office, he unsigned it, but it was really just people power learning, you know, about something that was confusing and new and different and, and, you know, hard to understand at first. But then when you got it, everyone was like, oh, hell no, there's no way we're putting up with this. Now, this time, they're still fighting over trying to divvy up the money. And they haven't reached an agreement. And we can see everything that they're doing with this proposed treaty. The scary part are the amendments because they're keeping that locked up tight and secret. They've missed their deadline already. All we need is for good people to learn a little bit about what's going on, get their facts, facts straight, start asking questions, and raise a ruckus, be the media, get out your camera, copy a little section of whatever you find in any of these documents and point to it and say what your opinion is about it. And I have every faith that if you just dig for the truth, get it straight, shine some light on it, um, the truth will set you free. And that's what we need as many people as possible to continue to do in, in every aspect of life, but certainly in this. One minute to midnight. And one of these days, I imagine James Roguski a la Ethan Hunt. That's the Mission Impossible character that Tom Cruise played. Skydiving uh, into <laughs> Geneva, into one of the meetings. Um, again, uh, any last word there? Just real quick, 45 seconds. And, and um, where do we go to find you again? Uh, well, I was kind of doing that this morning at their meeting, you know, digitally. Um, jamesroguski.substack.com and 310-619-3055. Thanks again.
right. Keep up the great work. I'm sure you'll we'll see you again soon on um, TNT. Have a great weekend. Uh, I'm signing off. Steve Maltzberg is up next. As Patrick McGuchin would say, be seeing you. <laughs>